Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, good morning. Man, this is good stuff right here, man. When you get to celebrate a birthday and, and with your best friends and who want to be in the same room with you, that's even better. So, uh, welcome to the loft, and man, welcome to our 200th worship gathering. Uh, I can remember when we decided just to launch this thing, and we were meeting in a house, and, and it just sort of morphed into well, the next step, trusting God. That's a huge step right there. And then it just morphed into what, hey, God can do through us, uh, not for us. And then we just sort of put everything in motion, trusting him with our finances and some other things, and just literally just put our hope in him. And then we, we, we launched this small service. I remember the first service, man. Uh, everybody was sweating bullets. I was nervous as a wreck. We sang the white flag song. We had little flags, and we were waving them like, woo you know, and, and I was just like, I do not, I am getting ready to puke, you know, I am done, I, I do not want to do this, uh, but yeah, we managed through that first service, and now 200, 200 services later, I'm still ready to go puke in the back room, right, that's what I was doing, no, I'm just kidding, uh, you know, I'm still nervous as can be, but hey, I'm going to trust God today for what he has been doing in my life, and what he's been doing in our life, and it's just, just you know, let's, let's go ahead and just clap, man, this is good stuff, 200. And here's why you're clapping, because there's been changed lives that change lives. At the end of the day, that's, what, that's why you're clapping. We've seen multitude of changed lives that changed lives, and at the end of the service, we'll see some more. Uh, but for the past couple of weeks, if you're new with us, uh, we, we've been laser focusing on what it means to be unstoppable. And this word is a huge word in the gospel. Uh, even though you can't really see that word, you know, completely uh, spelled out, but it's, 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 it's ingrained everywhere. In, in the Bible, especially when Jesus talks. And it's because when Christ is within our community, he knows and we know it involves us telling our story where we work, where we live, and where we play. And when we do this, and when we do this, we, we deal with this word, you know, adephemos, right? Adephemos. For those who knew here last week, right? This Greek word, adephemos, right? What's the word? Come on, say it with me if you was here. What was it? Well, no, what was the word? Well, that's the Greek word. You're all speaking Greek this morning. No, we ain't speaking in tongues. Come on, what's the other word? Translate it over. What's the word? Oh, man. No. It's devoted. Remember? Adephemos means devoted. You see, our mission here at Centerpoint is to become, not, to become the biggest, the bestest, and the baddest church around. That's our mission, right? No, that's not our mission. It's not even close to being our mission. It's, it's not to build a building or to even start new churches. Our mission here at Centerpoint is to say it with me. Say it with me. Come on, it should be on the screen by now. Say it with me. It's to lead people, what? To become fully devoted followers of who? Christ. Not yourself. You can't read it in the scriptures where it says, follow me and you lead. It just doesn't work. You have to lead What? You have to lead people to see what? Christ at the center of everything. So that's our mission. We wanna lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And here's the neat thing about that. When that happens, you get life change. And when we see change lives, change life, well, then we witness a movement. And what takes next is something that is natural by product, which is, which is more people coming and, and we have to start new churches. That's just a natural byproduct of it. Because we can't pack everybody in the loft. 
And that's a healthy problem. And we might even have to build a building. And that's okay because God's going to provide the resources. Because we start scrambling to try to find space. We might even just become an amazing movement that, that, that God gets all the credit for. And that people start to lean in and say, what is in the world is going on in central Kentucky? Man, I would love to see that happen. I think it can, but it's up to you. And if you grew up in a Baptist church, that's where you would say amen, by the way. I'm just being honest. That right there is a hearty amen, all right? There, we got somebody there. So, so today we celebrate this little number 200, and it's such a small number, which is exciting, but 200 worship gatherings that started in Jenny Rogers School, which led us to the Henson Park, and where we find ourselves today in the Loft on Main. Each year we continue to grow and see favor from God. And we hope the next 100 worship services and 300, 200, 500 more, we get more bolder and we ask God to do things that only he can get the credit for doing. I mean, literally, I pray that we see you begin to launch a movement. You and your family begin to think outside the box of normal church and you get on fire for Christ in a way that radically changes lives. And I can remember when we launched, we simply just asked what it would look like for us to get out of the way and allow Christ to be the center of everything, that he gets all the credit. And do you know how difficult that is, by the way? Do you know how hard that is? Because see, my sinful nature, our selfish desires, and the other things could have killed this movement at any time. And along the way, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, we have just been completely devoted and trusted. Sometimes I've gotten in the way. And it's called some hurt feelings. And for which I will have to own it, and I am deeply sorry. And it's hurt people. I am only human. And I am sorry. I'm sorry for stumbling. I'm sorry for getting in the way. And I'm sorry for allowing my selfishness to trump what God could do. But I know this. Today represents, represents something only God gets the credit for. Because if the statistics are right, most churches never make it out of the hundreds. A plant, a church plant, they never make it past that hundredth service. So this is a huge celebration today because I know one thing. This is from God, of God, and for God. There's an amen. You see, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and crack them open. If you've got your cell phone, turn it on. Or you can look at the screen behind me. If you need a Bible, go in the back and grab one. But we've been looking at this passage of Scripture in the New Testament the first believers, the movement, when it started, when Jesus left and he just said, go, you know, go make some disciples, do this, do this, and everything will change. And in this description, you'll start to see a pattern here. And I just want to camp out maybe on one word, and we're going to blaze through this word really quickly. And I've got to get to the point of this because I know I could stall out and keep you here a really long time. I do not want to do that because I want you to go make disciples. But in Acts 2, 42 through 47 and following, we read this verse last week. We read this verse two weeks ago, and it's sort of been a theme verse for us as we launch this movement. We know that these five verses have changed everything for us because Scripture says this right here in verse 42. It says, they, that's it. 
That's the word. That's the word. It says they. Who is they? Us. It's a person, right? It, it, it is someone. It's, it's someone who was what? Following. It's someone who was eating like me and you're going to have to after a while. It's someone who broke bread with people. It's someone probably who, who, who knew how to like work on things. He was a craftsman. He was a skilled trade person. It was, it was someone who, who would, back then, I don't know what you did. No computer tech, you don't know, but they did something. It's a person. It says they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And it says everyone, again, everyone, they, they were filled. They were filled with awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And it says all, meaning we're together, all of us, all the believers. What were they? They were they, all of the believers. They were believers and followers of Christ were together. Now that's even harder. We know that, especially in church life, right? We've talked about that before. They were all together. That's a huge, huge patch. Another sermon. Come back next week. And they, and they had everything in common. And it says selling, here it is again, their, meaning they, their possessions. I know that's bad grammar. Welcome to Bull County. Possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet. How they continued to meet together in temple courts or in the loft domain. They broke bread together at Cracker Barrel. No, in homes. And how did they eat? They ate together. Whew. With sincere hearts and praising God, enjoying the favor of good people. And it says, and the Lord added to they, their, my grammar, person would be happy. Their number daily. It added to their number daily that were being saved. Another way to say this is this. It's simple. They changed what they cared about. They changed what they cared about. Let me break it to you in four words. Change lives, change lives. Change lives, change lives. The number one thing that could have kept them from witnessing something amazing was they or them. The one thing that could have prevented them from seeing the movement that was started was them themselves. The one thing that can prevent you from seeing what unstoppable looks like today is they. Or let me break it to you in this way. You. Wait a minute. Let me just break it down further. It's me. If I don't get out of the way, I can screw everything up. I didn't hear an amen on that one, by the way, from my wife. <laughs> Man, I thought she would be jumping on that one. Just saying. It's me. I can get in the way and cause people to stumble and fall because I am a big target. Satan would want to just eat this one up. And I'm not being narcissistic or arrogant when I say that, but I am six foot eight. And I'm telling you, people take notice when a six foot eight bald man comes walking down the street. I don't know. Especially when you're dressed up as Will Ferrell and Buddy the Elf. People do 
do that. I don't know. I think it's normal. But they notice. What are you doing? I'm just worshiping in the elf costume. Hey, you're laughing. You're making a joyful noise. You're having fun. You're singing for all to hear. You know? God told us to go out and just love people. I'm trying to do it my best way. If I come in with a sourpuss face, and I'm telling you, some days I do that because you, or you, you got problems, you're dumping them on me, not to the Father. Ah, I'm like a dump truck. I stink. I like working on the farm and with manure, you know, it doesn't smell good some days. I just, and, and when that happens, that's not, that's not what God intended it to look like. I become stoppable. And it's because of you. It's because of me. Or maybe my selfish desires get in the way. Maybe my fingerprints are all over it when I should have put my hands like this and just trusted the Father. Maybe I should have wore my knees out a little bit more and made them look like my head. Bald. I should have got on my knees a little bit harder and just enjoyed the time with the Father and said, it's yours. And said, I get in the way and I'm like, I can do this. What an arrogant statement. I got this one. Versus trusting the Father. You see, even our own values, the values that, that are within center point, it says even within our own values, we see a word that starts, to, that starts every sentence out, and the word is I. And if you're going to partner with us, this word is simply this. I will do anything short of sinning to reach people who don't know Christ. I. I will lead the way with crazy generosity, meaning you're going to give till it hurts. I. I will be a spiritual contributor, not a spiritual consumer of the church. I, I will honor Christ with his church and with obedience in everything. That one's hard. Just saying. The rest of them I can handle, but that one's hard. And here's the one that sort of just sucker punches you every single time. I, I will give up things I love for the things I love even more. I mean, I love my wife, but I love my God more. I love my kids, and there's nothing greater than playing with my children, but I love my God more. I trust him. I trust him in the storms. I trust him in the season that we're in. I trust him with everything because it's changed me to become the number one disciple. And when that happens, it changes a culture. For, for some of you, this best describes you. Either you grew up in an environment far from church, which is okay, because you have been hurt by the church or somebody in your family has been, been hurt, been wounded. And you, honestly, you still hold that grudge or that bitterness towards the church today. And this might be your first day back and I just wanna say thank you for coming and thank you for giving us the opportunity this morning. And, or, or, or others, especially if you grew up in this area, you, you grew up in a church that, here, I just want you to lean in and hear this, okay? This is a this is a huge statement. Especially if you grew up in this area, you grew up in, this, in a church or an environment that did not allow you to dream with God with what's next with your life. You were just asked to come and to be blessed. And don't forget to pack the rose on big days. Just, 
you know, keep on inviting your friends and come. And, but he, you never were challenged to grow beyond that. You never were challenged to be the number one disciple. You were just coming and playing this thing called church. You see, I have a, I have a problem with that. What if, what if we truly allowed God to change our hearts not just our minds, because any preacher on any given Sunday in this region where we live, man, are very intellectual people. And I'm not bad-mathing one person. I love the pastors in this area. I know many of them, and I think they're awesome. And if you're not, if you, you know, you think I'm crazy, you know, go down the street. But if you want, you, 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 <laughs> but if you want to get involved somewhere, get involved somewhere. Make a difference. Impact the world. But if they're not challenging you to be the number one disciple, I would question you, have you read your Bible lately? Because that's what it's about. You just get to fellowship with everybody else that's on the same mission. What if we truly allowed God to change not just our head knowledge, but our heart knowledge? And witness change lives that change lives because you or they decided to get involved. What if we continue to create environments for people who are far from God and stay centering, pointing, and living in an attitude, in a heart attitude towards Jesus, towards Jesus so we could reach others and plant other movements where we work, where we live, where we play? I believe that word would be called unstoppable. I believe it would be called unstoppable. But it all starts with you. It all starts with you. And I want to show you a quick video. A video that I found that I think describes a lot of us because of the local church has allowed you to see the word church and not the word that Jesus said, devoted. Training fleas requires a glass jar with a lid. The fleas are placed inside the jar and the lid is then sealed. They are left undisturbed for three days. Then, when the jar is opened, the fleas will not jump out. In fact, the fleas will never jump higher than the level set by the lid. Their behavior is now set for the rest of their lives. And when these fleas reproduce, their offspring will automatically follow their example. Etch that. We'll watch it again if you want to. But I got some right here. I just want to turn loose in here. Some of us have been inside church so long, you've put a lid on it and sealed it up and you're training your next offspring, your child, the people beside you, how not to trust God, how not to jump, how not to spread your wings and fly. How not to get on your knees and cry out to God and say, God, do something crazy, ridiculous with my life. You're just banging your head up against a jar. That's crazy. But some of you don't even know any different because you've been inside so long. 
You see, when Jesus came onto the scene, he sort of broke that circle. He saw some amazing people and he had to go outside the box and he trusted the Father, pointing him in the direction with those, those first apostles. John, Peter, Matthew, James, all of them. And they changed their lives because they died for the gospel. Are you willing to die for the gospel? If so, you have got to come out of the jar. You see, when we do that, we become unstoppable. When we move past us and dare to risk everything, we become a force for good and it's unstoppable. It's what happened in the first century church when they said, Father, thy will be done. And the next thing you know, his, his life was taken. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was released and, and the first apostles stood up and said, you killed him. We know he's alive. Now say you're sorry to the people who killed him. And it started a movement like no other. Because people stood up and raised their hands out in an act of boldness and they proclaimed the gospel because they had no fear. They wasn't playing church no more. It was all here. It wasn't here. You see, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because it's personal. Why do we want to get you to move from consumers to contributors? Why do we want to see our Kidsville grow and grow and grow? That's why we're looking at different options of what's next for our Kidsville. Why do we want to see our living room block party next weekend just packed? Why do we want to see our auditorium packed out every week? Why do we want to see more churches planned and started literally in this area? Some would say that's a headache. And there are already enough churches. Just settle down, Jason. You're crazy. You're a fruitcake. Yes, I am, by the way. We don't need any more churches. We have 72. I think maybe some of them need to close. I'm just saying, maybe it's ours. Maybe it needs to start with you. I would argue this, because this is personal to me. We need more environments to reach more because the church I grew up in saved my life. You see, before I was a pastor, you just know the pastor, Jason. Some of you are close enough to know the Jason, Jason, but you know the pastor, Jason. You know the guy up here talking with the microphone. But I was a man, believe it or not, with hair. And then I was a single man with hair. Before I was that, I was a teenage boy that got in a lot of trouble. Not that much, I mean... I did what my parents said. Otherwise, I was going to get a butt whooping. Happen often. It's okay. And before that, I was a young boy who got in a lot of trouble. I was a stinker. That's what I was told. Before that, I believe I was a little small baby that fit in my mom's arm. Believe it or not, I was. You see, all the influence of my life have come from the local church. And all because of one man who changed had a changed life, influenced my dad to have a changed life. Thus, the multiplication cycle began in my family and it changed our trajectory of where we were going. 
You see, I know where I would be without this changed life. The local church saved me from stories that I would regret later on in life because I was completely engaged in kids' ministry. I remember the little flannel graphs. I remember the little Bible verses. I remember the B.I.B. is the book for me, man. I remember singing, I'm in the Lord's army. I remember singing those songs and saying, I want more. I want more. I remember going to youth group and getting into the huge marshmallow fight and dunking my youth pastor and doing all kinds of crazy pranks, but realizing I need to ask forgiveness for some of those things that I did. You know, I remember loving those environments that were created for me. And then I went to college and Lord help us, man, I enjoyed it well. I, and you think I'm doing like negative things. No, I'm talking about I was serving in the Lord's army doing some crazy things on campus for God. My wife's and I was first, I won't tell you where we were, but our first moment of clarity happened a long time ago when I was baptizing people on the street with a water soaker. Man, it was awesome. She happened to be one of them. Pulled up to her and said, hey, do you know it's supposed to rain tonight? She goes, no, I think it's supposed to flood. You know, that's just what we were doing. We were baptizing people. I don't know, I'll own that one when I get to heaven. It'll happen. But I was having fun. It changed my life. I was around people that were godly people that were focused on Christ. And then I went on to seminary. It changed my life. And now I'm working into a church. And it changed my life. And the next thing I know, I'm surrendering to God and saying, let's plant a church. You see, I know this. If it was not for the local church, I would not be here because as, as a nor- I am just as normal as the next guy. I am just as normal as the next guy. I have bad thoughts, I have bad habits, and I have hurts, and I have hangups. But, but what the church has allowed me to do is to learn how to focus on Christ and put him at the center of everything. It's, learned, it's allowed me to learn what it means to shift over and become a disciple. You see, the local church has allowed me to understand how to love my neighbor, to be generous and give back. One of the first lessons I learned as a kid is my mom giving me a dollar. And I, that means I had to give it, you know, 10 cents of that back into the offering. I did not want to do that. I remember stealing a peppermint at a local restaurant. And my dad made me go back in there and humbly say I'm sorry. Put the peppermint back and pay 10 cents for it. You talk about a life lesson. I never even looked at the peppermints again in the restaurant. I was like, out the door. I did take a toothpick every now and then. But you talk about life lessons. It changed my life. It allowed me to confess my sins and feel okay about it. It allowed me to understand, to to forgive, because forgiving people forgive. It allowed me to, to respect others, even if I disagree with them. To be kind to everyone, because it's the game changer. And and this one is to serve others in humility because Christ came to serve. You see, I truly can't imagine where I'd be if if it were not for the local church. And some of you in here have influenced my life. And I just want to pause and say thank you. Thank you for breathing life into me. You see, there is not a pastor in this town because I was born and raised here. I know some other ones are, but I am more committed and there's not one that's more committed to seeing the local church thrive and create movements around her, the church, the bride of Christ. 
and all the way and all the people will get to witness something that's so imaginably more, immeasurably more. And it's, and it's you moving. It's you getting out of your seats, out of your comfort zone and saying, I trust you. In the middle of the Bible, Psalms 118.8, it says what? It's better to trust in the Lord than trust in man. And I promise you, when you camp out on that, it will change what you care about. You have to put your Christ at the center of everything and it will move you. And you have to move. That's what you're called to do. You're not asked to sit there on your butt. He said, come follow me. And that means get out of your seats and move. You have to move to being fully devoted to Christ for us to witness movements that will impact the word or unstoppable. And how? How do we do this? Well, one way is, is, to create, is to create circle environments or circle groups. There's nothing greater than a full house on Sunday and having everybody in rows. But circle groups allow us to begin to move in ways we've never seen before because it's intimate, it's close, it's real, it's personal. And what is a circle group? It's where two or more are gathered and you're just drinking some coffee. You're gathering, you're finding someone that's like-minded or you're getting involved in a Wednesday night group, circle group. It's where you're just, you're just trying to find people to move with you because circles are better than rows. It's good to worship in big environments, but it's also awesome to worship in small little circle groups. I want you to begin to start to give in ways you've never thought possible. I want you to begin to start to serve in ways you don't like to. And when you start to serve with love, love now, I'm telling you, it will impact your world because you will learn what it means to be generous in everything. When we decided to put Christ at the center of our lives, it makes things better. When we, when they decided to put Christ at the center of their life, it makes things better. Some of you have, have a hard time because you want to lead. But if we devote ourselves to his teachings, if we want to follow what he said, we really don't need to go any further than these two words. And it's follow me. Follow me. You see, following Jesus makes life better. And it makes you better at life. Following Jesus makes life better, and it makes you better at life. Who doesn't want that? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't want it. I, I just don't know, but I want to be better at life. You see, when we begin to do this, it will begin to shape our culture. It will begin to shape our culture, which will in return begin to shape our nation. And some of you, you know, right now we're in this season of, of election. Some of you complain about the left-wingers, right? You just, oh, man, can you believe you're left-wingers? Oh, yeah. But uh, I just hear, oh, on this side I hear all the people going, oh, man, can you believe those right-wingers? They're just so full of themselves. You know, you just hear it left and right. And I'm just sick of it. What if we placed our hope in Jesus and mounted up on wings like eagles? We would become a strong church which was laser focused on the gospel which would become a strong nation because we would change our culture. You see, healthy church becomes a healthy nation. And right now, I believe around our communities and around our nation, we have an unhealthy church and therefore you see an unhealthy nation. I didn't hear an amen on that one, by the way. I'm just saying. You look around and complain all you want on 
who's going to get elected in November. And I'm just being honest. This is me, and I'm not a politician. I'm not going to proclaim either one because I don't think they're worthy. But here's the thing. One of them's going to get in. The question is, how are we going to change? How are we going to decide to rise above and mount up on wings like it? Place our hope in something greater than a man. Because they can get up and say the biggest speech in the world. Man, I'm just telling you, I, am, I don't know many lawyers or politicians that tell the truth very well. That's no pun on lawyers, I'm just saying. They manipulate things, right? That's why Jesus ran from them. That's why he was just fleeting out and just checking out and say, hey, hey, follow me. Hey, you right there, come on, follow me. Hey, you right there, in the come on, follow me. Hey, you over here, come on, follow me. Well, let's go do something crazy. We're gonna go follow Jesus. We're gonna follow God and we're gonna change the lives of others. Who's in? Okay, I'm in. I gotta leave my fishing net though. My, my, my dad gave me that one. Don't worry, you won't need it. We're gonna fish for men. What? You see, when we begin to place our hope and our faith in Christ, it changes who we are. Seriously, if I had the opportunity to help shape, and I pray this is your prayer too, if we had the opportunity to shape the future with the time that we have left, by our culture, we change for the future of those who are behind me. Then I'm going to do, this is my statement, I'm going to do everything I can do to help change the story for our nation by investing everything into our kids. I'm going to do everything because I love Kidsville. We need more space because we have great environments and we have great teachers who love to teach your child things you probably don't do at home. But you really want to, but you don't know how have the time or you know how. People, people honestly, they, 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 they pay for the things that we're doing during the week. It's crazy. I know it's crazy, but we're doing it for free. Think about that. We're doing it for free and we're just giving it away. I know those kids bring up those little things and they just like, oh, look what I made. And you're just like, ah, oh, golly, what is glitter? Thank the Lord for glitter, you know? And you put them on your refrigerator, you post them in your, you know, you post them everywhere and you got so much of that stuff. And I'm sorry, but hey, we are investing to teach them some valuable lessons and to change the trajectory of where they're going. Because we believe if we impact a child, we can change the culture. Because we believe what God's doing through Kidsville. And my question is, why aren't you getting engaged in that? On some level, something to think on. And I'm going to tell you this one verse as we finish up here, if, if we get this right, Kidsville explodes, our environments reproduce, and then we have to plant other churches because we will witness something no one has ever seen before in this area. And that one idea can change everything if we just follow this one verse. And that one verse is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we can figure that one out, look out. Love your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10, 27, he answered Jesus himself, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And then he said this one, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we can get this one right, I'm telling you, look out. If we figure this one out, it will change what you care about. If we get this one right, everybody, think about this one. If we as Christians get this one right, everybody pays their taxes and are happy about it. I mean, just come on, lean in on that one. Think about that one for a second. 
Everybody shows up to fight fires. The firemen, you know, show up and like, oh, it's already out. This is amazing. You know, you, know, you, just, you just, you get together as a community and you, just, you start to fight fires. I mean, the police don't even have jobs because you're out there loving people in a way that they've never seen it before. You're fighting evil with God. Healthy church, healthy nation, guys. Teens, think about this one. You're all doing your homework and making your teachers happy. I mean, he's going to change the culture. You know, coming up with some stupid excuse and lying. It changes what you care about. And the truth behind Unstoppable is this. Where we have been is an indicator of where we're going. And you have two options. And here they are. Either you get on board or you get out of the way. Either you start to move with us or please move. Because when you truly have life change, you can't stop from multiplying. But what you can do is sit there and choose to hold others back by not following Jesus. You see, we want to see other churches formed from your life change. But you have to change what you care about because Jesus, Jesus wants us for his, his bride's sake. You see, in Matthew 16... In Matthew 16, the disciples were talking to Jesus and, and, and Jesus asked them, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And in that one moment, Jesus predicts us, this gathering right here this morning, he predicts us and our movement here today. And of course, we know Peter says, you are Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus is like, you are correct, Peter, well done. You know, no one revealed that to you. That was only from God. But Peter, Jesus went on to say this in my own version of the Bible. He said, I want to build a collection of my people who are devoted. A gathering of people who want more than, than just church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome them because I am with them Always. Because I am at the center of their lives. And that, my friend, is unstoppable. And it's been happening with little cluster groups around the world. But what happens when it breaks out on a global way? It starts with you. You see, if Jesus is at the center, there is no greater investment you can make with your time, your talent, or your tithe. Because it will continue what Jesus put in motion in multiplying ways you've never thought possible. And it will change your life, which will change the life of others around you. And today, that's exactly what we are going to witness in participation of a going public baptism. That is a continuation of change lives, change lives. You see, the local church has given me a platform to be a part of his ministry, not mine. And with you becoming fully devoted, we get to do something really amazing we get to watch Jesus be glorified. We get to see him be made famous. And I can't wait in a couple years to be sharing this exact story of this exact moment when we gathered on this day to celebrate our 200th worship. And we challenged people to move and it did not at first. It didn't, it didn't take off. But people just were just stewing over it. It started to move their hearts 
And when God began to just start working on that heart, it just started to move and the supernatural took place and the hearts just started to open and his church became fully devoted and it changed everything the way we see church. It changed homes. It changed our marriages, our kids, our coworkers, our law, our in-laws, our athletic teams. It changed our nation because of one person who decided to move, which is you. You see, it truly changed everything in our life which causes changed lives that can change a life. But it starts with you. So we're going to close this sermon. We're going to close the talk for today. And we're going to open it up to what God does best, moves his people. There's some people here on the front row that's got blue shirts on that have been moved enough to say, I've decided to follow Jesus. And so what we like to do is custom around here just to just let you know, we, the altar's open for you to pray and it's gonna get a little crowded here for the next, this next song. But if you just feel led, you can come up here and pray over these people. They're gonna be sitting right here. You can move out of your seats and just, because if the whole thing is to move, then you need to move. Not to sit there, not to do the white knuckle thing and grab the seats in front of you. No, 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 no. You need to move. You need to be obedient and move. And when that happens, it changes your heart. So you can move and pray over these people. You can move to the altar. You can walk across the room and and say, I need to ask for forgiveness because I messed up. Or maybe you and your wife need to just sit there and hold each other and say, how can we do this together? Or maybe you just need to spend some time alone with the Father. Maybe this is all foreign to you and maybe you just need to just take it all in and start to trust Jesus for the first time. And whatever the case may be, I just want you to move. Because the only thing God can't use is zero. If you move one step, look out. Look out. Jesus, thank you for the word unstoppable. Thank you for what happens when when your people gather and and they just unleash, they unleash your love. It it causes us to change what we care about. It causes a rapid multiplication. It it moves people in a way that, honestly, we see God-sized dreams become reality. So Jesus, that's my prayer as we just sort of move into a time of, of trusting your Holy Spirit. So Jesus, that's my prayer in your name. Amen.